0: you're listening to episode 237 upgrade your vibration with Dr. Allison K
1: How much of our day at least 85% the stats are the studies show is made our choices are made from our subconscious and unconscious where we do not hear the thoughts of so we have all of this like overvaluing of knowing something and it's such a minute part of our overall holistic existence as a mind body and spirit that it's just another form of that irony that i find i end up saying as a result of the ego mind or the mind typically interprets things the exact opposite as the soul or the universe needs This
0: is the dance of life. My name is Tutor Alexander and we are going to go on a journey to hack your mind, body and soul for living your best life yet. Tune in every week to learn something new, grow and get inspired as we discover the secrets of success and practice the art of fulfillment. And if it's one thing I hope you learn from today, it's that your life is a dance. And just like any dance, you can learn to dance it well what's up everybody welcome to the show happy friday to you today is friday april 9th 2021 there are two kinds of failures those who thought and never did and those who did and never thought lawrence j peter you know if it's one thing that we can all agree on it is that the world has changed of course, world's always changing, but we've definitely entered a new age of awareness, of questioning, self-understanding, and I think exploration. People are not settling for the average stuff anymore, the average BS, right? We want truth. We want answers. And I think above all, all of us want to be free and to be able to do what we truly want in life. If any of that stuff rings true to you today, you're going to love my conversation with today's guest, Dr. Allison, on today's episode of The Dance of Life. Dr. Allison is an award-winning number 1 international best-selling author and the founder of the Vibrational Upgrade System. She's an experienced subtle energies practitioner and natural healer with a holistic approach towards helping others thrive in mind, body, and spirit. With over 20 years working and teaching yoga, meditation, energy medicine, mind-body fitness, longevity, and holistic health with a specialized focus on the chakra system. Dr. Allison brings a unique perspective that facilitates massive change. Her mission is to support the next higher evolution of the collective and create change for the health of this planet and those who are ready to unleash every part of the magic within them. Backed by the potency of her vibrational upgrade container, she hosts the Activate Your Magic monthly program synced with the potency and support of the moon and offers group clearings and activations. Her signature program, Magic Manifestation and Money Flows, facilitates massive money, health, and spiritual life-enhancing shifts to hundreds of clients worldwide. So excited to have her on the show today and join us for an awesome conversation. We're going to be covering the gamut on so many important things. You know, If you haven't dived too much into the world of chakras, of spirituality, of energy work, of law of attraction, all that fun stuff, this will be a great episode for you. It's going to be a great introduction, so... Grab your notebook, grab some popcorn, grab a friend. It's gonna be great, we're gonna be talking about how to really create the life you want, how to, what does it mean to be spiritual? What does it mean to align your chakras? You know, being aware of some things in energy work and energy medicine, how does that work? How does that help the body heal? Where does that come from? You know, there's so many traditions that have been around for thousands of years with these very valuable practices, life practices. And very grateful to have somebody's experiences, Dr. Allison on the show today too share a little bit of her journey with us. So, if you like this episode, make sure you share it with your friends, tell everybody and away we go. Upgrade your vibration with Dr. Allison K. doing work with his clients and it's like yeah this is my office for the day this is the beach it's like god man i you know can you just stop with the pictures please you're making all of us jealous
1: <laughs> yeah here's one more for you tutor i am in florida 15 minutes from the beach from the gulf oh, of mexico man.
0: what part of florida what town
1: right on the gulf of mexico uh close to clearwater one town north of clearwater in the tampa bay sarasota area
0: okay yeah, I have uh, I have a lot of friends who live in Florida. I've been to Florida a few times. I used to compete a lot in uh, ballroom dancing. I bet you did.
1: So. I bet you did. I looked at your website. I was trying to sort out where you're from. Yeah, yeah, I'm so grateful you're not a Florida <laughs> hater. We have such a bad rap. I'm not born and raised here. Born and raised in Boston, I'll have you know. <laughs> but like, Yeah, so many I, I can
0: get floor. a little bit of that flavor, that Boston flavor is coming through.
1: Hey, is it okay for me to just be on audio on this Friday afternoon?
0: Oh, yeah, you're good. I just use the audio anyway, so...
1: Brilliant. So, so I'm sitting in the sunshine here, right by a cypress swamp that's dry because we're not in rainy season, and I'm excited. You have a really unique background, um, and I read some of the tragedies that you listed. I like the one that you said have <laughs> been have been cheated on several times, and then the par- parenthetical "who hasn't."
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I mean, I think that's just a part of life. You know, it's uh, it's so funny. We have I I just put it all out there honestly. I mean, you know, I think we've all been through. I think we all tend to go through the same things in our own flavor, right i mean it's uh you know i I call it the catalyst of change, and you know it's like betrayal, loss, burnout, you know everybody has to go through that in their own journey and uh, I think they're if you can maintain a positive out- uh, outlook and see that those things are actually teaching you something, then I think that's really the key
1: yeah, so, you get the gem from it
0: yeah but it's it's been a it's been a wild ride I'll tell you the whole dancing thing. And, you know, now with all the whole coronavirus thing, I'm sure you can relate to that too, is how, I mean, you've been doing what you're doing now for a while, but I'm sure that the, the whole stillness that was created in, in everything that happened last year, I'm really curious how it changed or altered or affected your position. You know, what, what did it allow you to do? Like, how did you sort of come out of that?
1: Um, so I had, When I first came back from the decade in Asia, and I dropped the classroom teaching and being an administrator in the international school system and went full time with the energy medicine and holistic wellness sessions in the mind body fitness, I was seeing people both in person, in one on ones, as well as delivering distant sessions. And I got this sense after like three years of being fully booked all the time, maybe four or five years in this moment. I don't remember it exactly. It made me go to a, a yogic guru, one of the fellows who brought over yoga from India in the sixties. And he wow. this is the one who started Kripalu. Yeah. up in um, It was the first holistic center in the States up in the Berkshires, which is where I actually went to university, my undergrad. So he started Kripalu and uh, had a falling out with them. And then, came down to Florida and has an ashram basically uh, about an hour from here. So I went to him asking, Hey, what's the effect of running prana or chi or life force through me day in and day out on behalf of all these people. He didn't really give me an answer, but I ended up treating him as a client actually. Um, mm. Cause he loves as his, his um, bodyguard, so to speak, put it, he's a whore for my um, body <laughs> uh, <laughs> treatments. So What I ultimately did, though, was found um, an American female business coach who had been a single mom uh, straight out of high school. I think she even dropped out of high school. I'm not totally sure on that and had to put food on the table for her and her son. And so she helped me leverage my business. So I took it from being seeing so many people even conducting my local yoga class. Mm -hmm. and giving local workshops in person to much more online so even prior to 2020 I was doing the majority of my group programs and even one-on-one sessions online so that I was only at the point of uh, 2020 hitting I was only seeing one person in person I'm not doing in-person sessions anymore so I was already online where I saw the difference was my service tutor had to get really uh, not had to. I chose to, in response to what was happening, step up my game even more with giving even more service and holding even more space and doing what I do in consciousness and in, with energy on behalf of the collective, which I've been doing since 2010, because these have been such incredible times, 2012 yeah. to 2032.
0: What a time yeah. to live, right? I mean, it's the yeah. age of Aquarius. What a blessing to be here to witness this huge transition. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so my I, I felt more people, um, like a bundle of people, not understanding. And I have been talking about this, like you just mentioned, the shift from so many different perspectives. The Mayan predictions for what twenty twelve was, the yogic um, change of Push, not Pushes, but uh, Kali's, and the. Um, astrological perspective that you just gave. And so I've been talking about the grand shift we're going through for years. So when COVID hit, I was saying things like, I'm not going to philosophize on the reason why you guys have been hearing me talk about the clearing that's going on for the earth and for us since 2011. Um, But there were more people who were in need because I've seen tutor crisis. If somebody isn't proactively choosing, like you said, to learn through their lessons, and maintain that positive to learn through their challenges and maintain that positive outlook. Um, they need crisis if they're not going to proactively seek what shift in their consciousness or thinking is required. It's like, they need that crisis to catalyze it. So that's, so I was doing more service in the way of supporting people through the worries about money through the fear and the, the grief over losing people they love. Um, But really just seeing also a beautiful sense of the earth and from the animals of thank you, (laughs) you know, like just so much more stillness as you said, how positively impacting it has been or impactful it has been for the earth and for wildlife and even humans. Like, I wonder, I'm just curious. I know so many people uh, in America in particular are Asking like, how do I find more time to take care of all my tasks, whereas in other countries, people are a bit less task oriented with a bit less cumbersome responsibilities to attend to. Um, And so there is more siesta time built into other cultures. conditioning and in practices like when I was working in that school the international school in Taiwan my Chinese uh, colleagues would whip out these desk pillows for their siesta time so they have their own version of it over there too (laughs) and they would just put their heads down on these cushions that had a flat surface to sit on the top of their teacher's desks in our office and um, put their heads down and rest so that long task list for Americans and the needing more time to have like even space to listen and, and go within I'm not even talking meditation practice, just like having more time. It feels like maybe that was partially answered by COVID, you know? So just supporting people and their shifting from COVID has been a great part of where I've stepped up my service as well.
0: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I'm really curious to see where all this will go because I think with the pause that everybody experienced, it was such a prolonged pause that all the momentum mm. of the old way of thinking had to stop. And so, yeah, you know, uh, like, I mean, I'll just never forget when I went to go get a new bike, it was around summertime, which was the worst possible time to do it because everybody was going to get a bike and they were sold out <laughs> till like, you know, freaking October. And I'm like, Jesus yeah. Christ, you know, this is, it's a testament to people getting outside and connecting back to the timeless. You know, I, I often go for walks, you know, you know, I'm sure you can relate too, cause we work online nowadays and most of the time. And so it's just so refreshing to go on a walk and it sounds so simple. You know, it's like the simple things that people have done for thousands of years, but they're really yeah. the deepest and most profound things. When you go on a walk, there's so many things you connect to, uh, you know, to impermanence, to, uh, to the natural world, to, to just seeing, just wisdom and, and remembering the things that really matter. You know, we we get hung up with these to-do lists and these tat and I'm I'm guilty of it too. I, Right now, as we speak, I have a giant notebook next to me with like, you know, uh I list do. upon list of crap. And then, you know, you got the red marker that's going through it just to give me a little more dopamine. I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> we're addicted to that, but <laughs> But I mean, it's just like at some point, none of that crap really matters, you know, it's just, I don't know you all there is is the present moment. And so it's just like, it's interesting to see people waking up to that fact collectively, and uh, questioning so much. It's it's a really an exciting time to be alive. I mean, can you imagine like, you know, this kind of stuff that we're talking about right now, if we were to talk about it just 200 years ago, I mean, we would be burned alive as witches, you know? <laughs> you Hold know, on a second, though. No. Be...
1: But in the 1880s, like, there was a spiritualist movement, particularly in the UK when they were doing things like <laughs> seances. So it wasn't yeah. all, like, when you talked about Yeah, it wasn't
0: all wisdom, bad, but...
1: No, but I hear you. That wouldn't be more like 500 years ago. I follow the statute because I teach ancient wisdom, and everything that you just said, yeah. the simple, connecting back in with the simple. Like, I don't just teach. I, I do stuff on people's consciousness and energy subtle energy systems that shifts them into being able to focus more on the foundational of supporting life because when i clear the blocks in their subtle energy system and their consciousness whether it's at the subconscious or unconscious or even conscious mind level mochi or life force which is vital life force energy that's its literal translation out of chi chinese or prana the yogic hindu term or ki as a part of Reiki from the Japanese term, it's vital life force energy. So when we have more of that flowing, it brings people back out of their minds and more into what contributes to life. And if everything is aligned, which is what happens from the work that I do in people's consciousness and subtle energy system, the choice is to perpetuate that, which perpetuates life, become more yeah. active so, yeah, it's 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 so going out for a walk and connecting in with nature. It, it, we've lost so much of the what I consider the ancient wisdom that is valuable. Like I take people on um, as a part of my mastermind gig, I train people in vibration upgrade systems, energy medicine, and and the mindfulness component that isn't like the everyday mindfulness how people are flinging that word around now, and when they get trained, I take them in part, once they learn about how energy flows in a human system, then I take them out on the earth to sacred spots and stone circles and megaliths to then help them see how the earth has its energy flowing. So the ancient wisdom that's contained within those sacred sites actually is shown me, Tudor, and I'd love to hear your response to this. In the last two years since I've been doing it increasingly, or this has been happening increasingly. It's not that I've been doing it increasingly. Um, there's been more like of a, a, I don't know how to say this, but I, I'm, I'm sensing you'll get it, a call or like a request put forth from these ancient sites to be more alive again with their wisdom. And so I've, I've been learning and then training my students and how to access more of that help us now.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think it's so important. I it was an event I just started in 2019, so it was a year before all the crap hit, and I was really <laughs> bummed out because I really wanted to keep doing it. So now we're kind of figuring out. But you know, obviously, the physical event is just everybody's going crazy. But it was a little retreat that we started, and it was up here in Northern Arizona, and it was all about gratitude and mindfulness and going out in nature and all these different things. And it was just so profound because. Like, I can tell you, we weren't, we didn't really do that anything crazy, you know, like we did like mindful eating. We did, you know, just mm. things that I know are valuable and that I, you know, I try to incorporate. And a lot of people who had been on many seminars and retreats, I said, you know what, this really changed my life, you know, just being out in nature and being with other people and being mindful, discussing, yeah. uh, you know, just <laughs> timeless things. And I think that we have, we've lost that connection as a culture, but I think we're regaining it. And, it's very important. You know, there's certain skills. I was talking to somebody about this the other day and it's like in my life, one thing that's very important is to focus my energy and attention on the timeless. You know what I mean? Like if you invest your effort and your energy and your, your knowledge into learning the things that are timeless, you're not wasting your time. You know, if you put your attention on things that are constantly changing, you're just in the rat race, you're out in the storm, you're not in the eye of the storm. And so you know, we spend so much of our time in our daily lives connected to things that are changing. What's new on Netflix? What's the latest uh, iPhone <laughs> update? What's the latest fucking bullshit? You know? And so it's like, none of that a year, two, five, 10 years later, you are not a different person. You have not, you have not changed anything about the quality of your character, or your spirit. And so, you know, the ancients knew this because they had maybe less distractions. I don't know, but it was certainly uh, discovered a long time ago, all these different things about paying attention to the patterns of nature, paying attention to energy, having a sense of intuition, uh, training your sensitivity. I talk a lot about that, you know, and a lot of these things I discovered, I'm grateful through my career as a professional athlete in ballroom dancing and competitive dancing partnership, uh, leading and following, you know, so musicality, all these things were uh, a great training for me and, and sort of that whole thing. But I think any any path you know all these different things like with yoga and these ancient arts they all had a movement practice yeah. tied to them and they had and they had that because the body is our template for you know connecting to these timeless things that we're talking about you know and learning about the world and, how it works. and so
1: yeah we're yeah, like localized grounds, consciousness right? yeah it's the way yeah. i refer to it is yeah. like um we are the localized consciousness whereas Great spirit or God or source is the non localized consciousness. So, yes, yeah.
0: exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And when you're talking about the The timelessness, I find that I have a really different take on the chakra system in part because I'm a personal trainer and a yoga teacher. I'm not just like up there in the ethers and teaching like, you know, how to disconnect from your body so you can connect to unconditional love because you have this trauma in a past life where you had in your body on planet earth, some bad thing happened and it's held in your cellular memory. So when you're reincarnated, it's there in your DNA again. When I can go in, and access the chakra which is the intersection of mind body and spirit and it's like a city center for all of the side routes and interstates that then go out from the city center to the rest of the parts of your body they control and can it's so much and so if i can access the mind that's all levels of consciousness the body that's obvious the area around where that wheel, which is what chakra means in sanskrit turning out that chi or that vital life force energy that flushes the body with the fresh life force energy so muscles get less tight and chronic pain obviously disappears. Uh, each chakra has an endocrine gland of the a whole entire endocrine gland system is covered because each chakra is connected with an endocrine gland. So then you get your whole hormonal system flush with the vital life force energy. There's so much that happens at the bodily level. But then I can access through that mind-body-spirit part, that timelessness, that um, past life and karmic, those aspects, so that I end up saying... And quantum physics talks about this now, um, and there's an ancient saying from traditional Chinese medicine, which is what Qigong comes from, in the yin yang and acupuncture reflexology, right? That it's energy before matter.
0: Yeah. The field is all that exists, and then we just graph onto the field.
1: <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't agree, agree with that. We create the field from our Hmm. bodies. So these trees that I'm sitting next to have their own field and I can connect with that with my field, but I have to be grounded as that localized consciousness all the way down to my root, all the way down to my toes to have a localized point for which that other consciousness needs to access. Like if I'm just floating in my head all the time, then it doesn't access the fields around me. It just, I'm not a point to be found, you know? Yeah. What is,
0: you know, if so for somebody who's kind of new to this territory, I mean, how would you explain a shocker? How would you know that it's out of alignment? How do you kind of go about, you know, restoring alignment? Why is that important for somebody who, again, has not really dived into any of this stuff?
1: Yeah. You mentioned alignment a lot. You have alignment coaching sessions, right?
0: Alignment is my thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about alignment. Alignment is everything, right? I mean, if I say if alignment is present, movement is natural, which is really just a rip-off of Wu Wei, but it's true. If mm-hmm. alignment is present, movement is natural. I mean, you don't need to worry about movement. Movement just happens.
1: Which, if the life force is able to flow throughout the entire subtle energy system or the chakra column, yeah. then, then that occurs. So I just gave a little bit of a brief gig about the chakras. Um, so if you're a beginner, I want you to debunk... That you can go on YouTube and listen to a five-minute sound healing for the third chakra and then have that be cured for the rest of your life. The idea of balancing. A lot of people think like once I balance my chakra, it's all set. What I understand is, and I have a background in psychology, my first major in Uh, my bachelor's was psychology. I sat through it for three semesters before finally deducing, you're not teaching me anything about like how to be the most joyous, thriving version of myself. You're talking about industrial management. You're talking about capitalistic application. Uh, They were trying to prove themselves. It's a hard science. And it just wasn't, you know, in a capitalistic society. And it just was so not what I wanted. Um, So I began my search there with like the holistic principles of mind, body and spirit, and have evolved from there. And so I do have, a. I was teaching AP psych alongside English literature in the international school system. And when I taught that, that was a flash forward of about, I don't know, 20 years from my bachelor's. And I saw things coming together from all of the decades of working within the chakra column and, and meditation and, and consciousness. So I have this really wild compendium of an understanding and I am, when I access the mind, if a chakra means wheel from Sanskrit to English, and we have seven major ones down along our spinal column, and it's been proven that where there are the biggest gatherings of nerve plexi or receptors receiving messaging from the brain, they are gathered at where each chakra is known to be. That was proven, I think, like in the '90s. That was very interesting. Mm-hmm. Candace Pert, who was doing research for pharmaceutical, didn't they find um, out with
0: meridian points too in the acupuncture system? Like they actually, I think, recently no. found some.
1: No, the yeah. meridian points. So the chakra, and this is where I lived, right? So I lived amongst the ancient Chinese, uh, studying their their understanding of subtle energy. I mean, I had job offers around the world, tutor to go teach at international schools, and I chose to go to Taiwan so I could go to the source of who's still using these understandings of energy and how it flows in their current day. And then I went to, went during a Chinese New Year break between semesters, my last year there, my 10th year there, I went over to India and got my yoga teacher training um, certification. So the yogic culture is what has the chakras. In the Chinese culture, there is this concept that there are these centers um but the meridians are actually not going through centers they're they're an entirely different concept however in the yogic understanding the chakras have things like meridians called nadis and there's like a thousand of those whereas there's only 13 meridians in the traditional chinese system so energy travels on the meridians And what I'm talking so where you're getting the crossover is energy travels on the meridians and when the chakras are open and flowing, turning like a wheel, turning that chi or that life force, that energy is flowing along what they call nadis. So um, if I think I I had read
0: no no what I meant is I think I had read some research that they had found where the meridian points were, they were also highly intersecting like nerves and veins and stuff. That's what I was talking about. Yeah, not chakras.
1: Yeah, and what you're saying is that its it reminds me of something that I say because I was able to discern, I've studied so much and lived there, the difference between how the yogic Hindu India culture understands subtle energy and the movement of it, or chi, and then how the Chinese do. And I find that the Chinese have a more crude, and when I say that, I don't mean rude, I mean like physicalized. Uh, less yeah. tangible yeah they have a more crude understanding of subtle energy like they look at how the energy flows in the body in relationship to the liver to all the vital organs the, and if you're worrying about your liver or kidneys that's the culture to go to but if you want to understand like even beyond the interconnectedness of our holistic systems to the point of spring in the spirit bring in, in the ethereal bringing in the higher self-consciousness bringing in intuitive guidance that's the hindu yogic culture with the chakras because they have this understanding of in the elements alone the two cultures differ and the ayurvedic or the uh yogic culture has that element of ether as one of their elements whereas the traditional chinese doesn't they're much more physicalized like metal wood etc so
0: yeah that's right that's right they had like four uh four elements right like wood metal fire water or something like that
1: they have Maybe five more? chinese five, have five that's right yeah yeah. yeah. I know so because if, I'm
0: a wood rat. <laughs>
1: That's the are only you, reason I know.
0: <laughs> yeah. Check
1: yourself out for the year of the ox. We're just next uh, in two weeks. It's the Chinese new year. So the first new oh. moon. Yeah. Um, on the 12th is new year's for Chinese and it's the year of the ox. See how your would you say wood rat?
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's see, a how wood
1: your rat. Wood rat, see how your wood rat does in the year of an ox.
0: Watch. It's going to be like the fire ox. All wood rats are going to burn.
1: <laughs> look at you predicting some mayhem. <laughs> no, it could mean something very good. It's, it's like just, that I... Simpsons
0: episode where he goes, you know, they're calling in the, uh, you know, the fortune teller and the fortune teller on the radio is telling everybody you will die a horrible, horrible death. <laughs> yeah.
1: Just like that. So look it up. <laughs> it will support your I will. Fitness, I'll look
0: journey. Year of the ox. Let's hope it's not a fire ox. <laughs>
1: I don't know what kind of <laughs> oxidants actually, but yeah, the chakra system is profound because the there's these different levels of consciousness. So if you have a trauma, um, it does just go to your, like if it's a physical trauma, obviously it's going to impact that bodily area. But if you have like a trauma where you have like a really bad breakup where a per- you came home and the person was cheating on you and it was with your best friend and you just couldn't process it all at the same time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Then that dives beyond your conscious mind that you're talking to me from in that you hear your thoughts in the conscious mind it dives beyond that because we can't field it and it goes to the subconscious and then if you grew up like with the saying murphy's law or we have the irish luck which is considered sometimes good luck sometimes bad luck or some kind of like superstition or you believe that if i'm a good person i'm not supposed to have a lot of money if i'm concerned about the environment I shouldn't have a lot of anything extra or if I'm spiritual I get closer to God by being poor or money's evil the root of all evil those are kind of unconscious beliefs so they if a chakra contains an element of life so that all major aspects of life are covered one of those beliefs or each of those beliefs pardon me will go to the relevant chakra so if I've walked in and had that cheating example happen, um, my feeling of safety and being able to trust is associated with two different chakras, the root and the heart. So I unravel a person's blockages. And and I don't mean just when they're suffering at all. Where my joy is, is working with people to get them through where they are having thoughts they don't want to have. And beyond the point of they say, I want this, and yet they can observe none of their behaviors or choices are made to get to that thing they're saying they want. That distance between I say I want A and my choices and behaviors are all going for B, C, and D, but not A, that's indicative of a block. So when I get beyond that point, now we're starting to have more consciousness accessible for increased detachment from the mind to be able to observe it more to then make and then the fifth chakra is online more because it's to have more vital life force energy flushing through your system all the chakras have to open so as i'm gradually doing this i'm bringing a person increasingly into alignment tutor and when they're in alignment that then becomes less of that heart what i call horizontal alignment where you care about what other people think about you you look yeah. around you see what everybody else is doing yep and into the vertical and that is where you hear yourself that is where you hear your heart's size your soul's path your soul's passion and purpose if we want to use those words and um the divine so the higher self lingers above the crown chakra in, in the yogic understanding and once we're more connected with the higher self the next step up so to speak is connecting in with the divine so we bring our localized consciousness fully grounded fully embodied in connection with the non-localized consciousness and we are thus a bridge between heaven and earth
0: that's I, it's so cool that you mentioned uh, the difference between horizontal and vertical alignment because i've actually never heard anybody besides myself i mean i'd say cool put it that way and i'll tell you how i came to that same exact sort of understanding through competitive sport especially i mean ballroom dancing is extremely subjective everybody's on the floor at the same time you know it's very superficial it's very aesthetic and so naturally when you are in that kind of environment as an athlete without subjectivity there's no finish line and so there's nothing to focus on and so there it's a real practice to gauge your attention between people that are around you and doing your own thing. And so, uh, you know, it's, it's been a real fo- learning lesson to focus on that vertical alignment. You know, like when somebody, let's say, gets close to you and they're, they're dancing full out and they're trying to intimidate you or whatever else, you know, people can relate to, I mean, you can relate to this in office yep. life. You can relate to this in uh, any kind of situation. Yeah, any kind of competitive uh, mindset where we're trying to take space from someone else out of insecurity, out of everything else, you know, that you're forgetting the vertical alignment and you are focusing on the horizontal, which is comparison and all these different things. So it's, it's very cool that you mentioned that. I like that a lot. Um,
1: I talked about, I'm glad I felt you resonate with that. And I I talk about this competition thing in my, both my latest book that just released. Oh my God. Last Thursday. It's it's been, which one is that though?
0: What if there's nothing wrong? That's
1: my very first one. I wrote my 10th year living in Asia that has the most in-depth cultural studies of the traditional Chinese and traditional yogic, like I've been talking a bit about. And it's really a great contrast with how we do things in the West. That's more like a textbook. I mean, it's not more like a textbook. I don't mean to imply that, but it's informative. The most recent book is the Dragon Master Creatrix. Oh, I didn't see that one.
0: I saw the reasonable dragons. This is a that new. Was, this is a really new yeah, one. Yeah,
1: just last Thursday, mate. I <laughs> okay. can send you the link if you want. Um, cool.
0: Yeah, and, we can put uh, it on the uh, blog post for the show.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'll send you this. So the most recent book, I'll send you that info. Um, in that one, and in Reasonable Dragons, the one that was released in 2019, I talk about competition because part of what's collapsing is that. I am against you. I have yeah. to get something over right? But the thing that's interesting about it is that, like when I have masterminders in particular, or in my signature program, it's called Magic Manifestation and Money Flow. And it's a prerequisite for the mastermind in that um, people are looking at, it's a group program. So, and it's like this on purpose. They're looking at where others are at on the path. And I have my masterminders also accessing that th- initial program while they're in the mastermind program it works really beautiful like the people more advanced in their path can encourage those who are going through a healing crisis as they have their old self starting to really fall away and the new isn't yet in and so they're just like having the fever peak before it breaks kind of thing where just the old ego identity and who they're used to being is collapsing and they can't quite see with their head above water so the masterminders can reassure them hey you're getting through this so one of the things that I talk about is as some of them compare themselves with where others are at in a non-functional, non-helpful way, it makes no sense because, I mean, you were born with the karma you were born with, Tudor. I was born with the karma I was born with. I have my own soul path. I'm in competition with my old versions of myself. Yeah, But, you know, that's it. That's, again, vertical alignment, non-horizontal alignment.
0: It's, it's so important. And I think, especially today with, although it is collapsing, I think, and that's the great part that we're living through right now, but the whole experiment of social media has only <laughs> heightened, <laughs> heightened. And I say experiment on purpose because I think it is it is coming to an end. And people are seeing the failures of that experiment and wanting something more authentic because uh, life is yeah. too short. <laughs> life is too short. Either way, look, either way, you're going to have to get through the karma that you are have chosen to learn about. So you either get through it in this yes. life or you get into the next one. It's <laughs> there's no, you know, you might as well get through it now. It. Absolutely.
1: You know. And I'm going to emphasize you might as well get through it now because the times we're living in right now are so supportive for us to get through it. There's never been a more ripe time on planet. I'll tell you what, this is really advanced and I don't normally say this on interviews, but. I remember my first client, when I got back from Asia, my very first client, I'm sitting at her head, was starting her session. I don't know if it was her first or second session, but I said to her, I mean, she was long, like six foot something. And I said to her, I feel like, as I looked down her body intuitively, I was getting, I feel like I'm helping you give birth. And later on I got, you know, I feel like you're clearing so much that it's like, you don't have to die and be born in a new body in order to reincarnate. You're you're able to go through so much change in this lifetime, in this time. That you don't need that. And I'm fine, and ever since then, I've been seeing that more and more. The amount of change and, and shrugging off and clearing old karma that's available now, the vibrational backdrop is supporting us to do that. That's in part why COVID had to happen, quote unquote had to.
0: I think I mean, yeah, I agree. I would I would say the same thing. I would say that something like that had to happen. I mean, ultimately the way I look at it is from movement again perspective, is that if you want to change direction, you have to stop. So uh, you know, ultimately you have anything that has momentum for it to change direction. Something has to act on it from the outside. So
1: well COVID or <laughs> whatever
0: else, you know, you need stillness. Like if you're angry, let's say you're super freaking angry at something. You can't just like snap your fingers and suddenly like be joyful. You have to like, you right. have to transition for, for now. You may be very skilled at that transition uh, and it may take you, you know, a, a short amount of time and that's fine, but there still has to be movement from one to another through a sort of a neutral yep. space. And so- okay, so I what if it. you can
1: just stay neutral, tutor?
0: Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> Be in What do you think space.
1: about that as a movement specialist?
0: Well, I think that if you are in a, a neutral space, you can move anywhere. You know, they, they say, uh, I, I follow a lot of the, the Zen stuff. And you know, like for example, the lens of your eye is, the reason you could see everything is because it's nothing, right? So your, your, your lens is <laughs> transparent. And because it is transparent, you have color. And so, if the moment that is not transparent, you have a cataract, you have some other problem. And so, the lesson is that if you are nothing, you can be everything. You're the wave of possibilities. You're not the you're not the particle bouncing around, right? <laughs> we're, we're one or the other. And sometimes we get lost in uh, in that particle world, and we forget that we can be the wave and and manifest whatever we want. You know, but that's, All right, that, I'm that gonna, takes some so I'm gonna take this. <laughs>
1: Yeah, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the practice one step higher, okay? Because you're with me. I, I can smell it. Um, the neutrality that I talked about was um, gotten from years of meditation. And the neutral observation happens from the work I've done myself with my own clearings on myself throughout my years. I don't know that I've needed a whole lot of clearings, but just from the work that I help others do, and I do on them and with them now and teach my students to do, I have had some form of to say... What if from that neutral consciousness behind those eyes that you're talking about, if in the quantum world, everything is a wave. That's why vibration yeah. matters. So right. So once the wave collapses into a particle, it doesn't happen if we have one fleeting random thought. But if we think a thought repeatedly or we have strong emotional intensity, that collapses the wave and makes it physicalized into a particle. Yeah, we're we're not waiting for the wave. We're we are the ones creating from the wave. Yeah, and the more neutral our consciousness is, the better our creations are. Yeah, yeah, hundred
0: percent. I know, hundred percent. And I think a lot of people can regain their power by realizing that they. Yes. You know, the particle world is very convincing, and I think it's a it's a life's (laughs) practice.
1: (laughs) Love how you said that.
0: It's a life's practice to. To ultimately remind yourself that you can enter the particle world and the world of duality and the world of, of these sort of physical delineated things and enter it as a game, not as a competition. Enter it as something I can do for fun. I can play around in this area. I can create, but ultimately to not forget yourself in the process, because the problem is, and I've noticed this with people in the personal growth field too, and myself included for, for a while, you know, up until several years ago, it's like even with personal growth, you can get to the point where you, you get lost in it in this sort of sense of I have to, yep. I have to, I have to, I have to, got to, you know, just to keep pushing those, whatever, you know, whether it's your business, whether it's your reps, whether it's how many seminars you went to. I mean, we get lost in this have to world rather than realizing it's a get to world and you, you yes. get to play, you're here, you're, you're having fun and not to forget your eternal truth of who and what you actually are. And that's a life's practice for sure. And you mentioned that when you talked about when we talked about aligning the chakras previously. And that's something I want to touch on too because um, you know and this again we have so many things that we parallel on which I love.
1: Yeah, me too. In in, move,
0: in movement, one thing that we like I'll use dancing as an example because it's an easy example, but as you dance, as you move through life whatever, you aren't stuck in a position. You may, your are you know, to move. Let's say to move from some place to another, your body has to go through many different alignments, and then it breaks alignment so it can move, and then it comes into another alignment. You know, so it's, it's a yep. it's a constant practice. And so, I think one misconception is with this whole, let me get alignment. Let me align my chakras. Let me, whatever. It's like, there's this, it's sort of like a destination where like, I'm aligned, <laughs> I'm aligned now. The rest now. of
1: my life, no yes, matter what. <laughs> all my,
0: I've got all my chakras aligned. And it's, and it's not like that. It's It's a practice and it's more like, okay, I see it as like seven juggling balls. You know, I got, okay, I have this one I'm juggling, and what what does it require for me to keep this in the air in a relatively sort of optimal vibration? Okay, now I got this one. Now what does it require to keep this one in the in the air? All you know, and you're learning how to keep that movement in your life, and that's really what alignment is. It's a moving practice, and so you know, what is your take on that? How how would you see that?
1: Well, you can go to my my uh, website vibrationalupgrade.com and you can go to the chakra attunement audio series. I think it's under the shop tab. And on that page, you got to scroll down a little. There is a list next to each chakra about the typical blocks that or the typical events or beliefs or traumas or emotional states that will block that chakra or will show up if that chakra is blocked. So you can do a good self-assessment there to gain more wisdom and awareness of where your focus can be um i love what you said though about the the practice the cure and i I consider it like approaching life through the curiosity of a child with childlike wonder and awe. and we are so true in, absolutely entrained to being right and having the right answer debt back to our conditioning when the most conditioning happens from ages two to eight in school where we want to be the one with the right answer raising our hand in class as a former classroom teacher and student myself you know being right felt good we got yeah. rewarded for being right so if we know something that's our payoff and then we look at our societal values about like the ivy leagues and how much intellectual knowledge you have, and how much you know, and then you're considered an expert, and all of the valuing in our society that gets done on that knowing, and even the formulaic. Like, I see so many of my students coming in looking for a formula so they can, like, kind of check it off their list. Okay, done, known, and you <laughs> Got know, my
0: spirituality today. All right, we're good.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I've nailed that finally, yay, and I'm done with it. And then they, and then they punish themselves when they get triggered, again, as if I'm supposed to be over that. Yeah, and yeah. So the constant. I remember my very first chakra teacher of the chakras was American, and I went to a workshop of hers, and in person, and I remember. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> forget her from the stage she's very direct and she was by the end of it repeating four times when are you gonna let that go and I mean let that go how many more workshops do you need to attend and she got herself so worked up with so much emphaticism that by the time she was done she was screaming and I mean let it go <laughs> and- <laughs>
0: It's true though, right? I mean, it's true. Yeah, but
1: you can't. Yeah, but you can't yeah. yell that at somebody because it's unconscious <laughs> and subconscious stuff. Right, you know, like,
0: right.
1: like the if you could have figured it out intellectually, then you wouldn't need the clearings of the subconscious and unconscious. You'd already be living it. Right. So the yeah. recognition that there's so much we don't know. So here's a neat step: if you look at the thoughts, if you are even able to have enough det- enough, det- enough detachment, which you are, obviously, to observe your thoughts, then only 15 percent of what we're making our daily choices from come from the thoughts you can hear. 85 percent. I'm being generous. That's the softest estimate there. I, I from my work, I see more as like 92 ish percent. Like I choose to do this in my morning wake up routine. How much of our day, at least 85 percent, the stats are, the studies show, is made. Our choices are made from our subconscious and unconscious, where we do not hear the thoughts of. So. We have all of this like overvaluing of knowing something, and it's such a minute part of our overall uh, holistic existence as a mind, body, and spirit that it's just another form of that irony that I find I end up saying in, uh, as a result of the ego mind or the mind typically interprets things the exact opposite as the soul or the universe means. Mm, you you know? Yeah. Thanks. That's original. <laughs>
0: <laughs> nice. You got to put it on a t-shirt.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, I should get t-shirts made of that. I say it often. Now's enough. the
0: time. <laughs> Everybody's at home looking for inspiration. That's that's the key.
1: All right. Thanks. I'm gonna. Um, so I feel like that the societal conditioning, particularly in America, but obviously not only here, because I had Chinese students or Chinese-ified students coming back from American or English schools, um, international schools in other countries where they spoke English and they were de- varying degrees of traditional Chinese, whether they came back in kindergarten or sixth grade. Um, and they are you know, wanting to be right and wanting the right answer. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. I do not mean to insinuate that the East has it down and the West sucks. That's obviously not what I'm saying. I'm just speaking this way for contrast. And I feel like the valuing of the material and particularly America, like where it's even harder as a singer to hit number one over in the States than it is in England because you need to add in sales and radio plays. It's not just sales, for example. Things are just more complicated in America and more competitive in America. And the valuing of the material in America, it sets us up to like believe that the most powerful things are the big, physically tangible, loud things. And when in fact, it's the exact opposite, the most subtle, silent, unseen How would I be breathing and how would we be talking right now if I didn't have vital life force energy flushing through me?
0: Yeah, no, it's so true. I love it, man. It's it's obvious versus non obvious, and it's uh, people are so concerned with, like you said, the things that are so obvious and have lost an appreciation for seeing the non obvious. So, I guess my question is you know, because one thing that I've found is really important is a life practice, all of life is a practice, and you know, ultimately, but you know, sensitivity is a, is a skill that we are not in tune with, you know, back, we talked in the conversation about how all the ancient arts like, you know, yoga and and karate and meditation and tai chi and calligraphy, even, I mean, really anything Mm. is a disciplined practice because it ultimately trains your technique, you know, and technique is the vessel towards higher pleasures in life and higher understanding. You know, when you have better technique, you can extract, That's good. Uh, you know, higher levels of information from something seemingly, you know, mundane, let's put it that way, but the average person can't. And so there's a big difference in your quality of life because of that. So I think that we've lost uh, sort of this appreciation of, okay, if I approach something, it's, it's an ongoing practice and, and I want to get better at it so that I can appreciate it even deeper. You know, how do you train somebody to do that? How do you get them to see? Listen, this whole chakra thing, it's a life practice. How do you get them to see sensitivity? How do you how do you do that?
1: One of the most startling effective ways. It's a great question, Tudor. Thank you. I have never been asked it that way on an interview. I've done hundreds and hundreds of them. Thank you. Um what, one of the most signed is lying to them. So it startles them out of just that that lull of I have to listen to my mind, what my thoughts say are always accurate. And so when I can startle them out of a conclude where they have, and then when I take them to see a behavior that they do, that they want to stop doing. And I help them with my intuitive training and intuitive natural faculties. I help them see as I sense it out using the word sensitivity in verbal form, as I sense out what unconscious or subconscious belief or trauma or whatever, I could go through the list, I'm not going to, is behind it. And I point out to them, is it possible that you engage in this kind of behavior because you're trying to prove your dad when he told you that growing up, right? And then the Mm. aha hits. So yeah, right, that sound. So then that in actuality, instead of just blah, 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 when I instead in actuality, show them the potential, show them the actuality of, what shows up in life, there's so much more of the invisible involved, and there's so much more beyond the physical. Then they start to understand and want to unravel more and more. So I know that I have one of my earliest products, and it's still on my website, Your Sensitivity is Your Power. And it's interesting because it's the highest priced product, it's even higher than my signature product, the Chakra Tuman Audio Series which people are still buying and still using actively getting just unbelievable results from. I'm not saying that to encourage people to buy as much as just I'm marveling at it. Um, And I'm so grateful to the universe for showing me in me with my discipline to be able to bring it through myself. That chakra Tuman audio series. It's just so impressive when I get out of the way, you know, And the universe, I I have the discipline and the focus to, allow the universe to create through me and you can't do that if you're all busy in the head and all geared towards the material plane um, with tasks to do we need a requisite expansiveness and certain chakras frankly cleared to perceive more what's in the invisible and all of that requires sensitivity and still I find that there's probably people out there who were told there as they were growing up you're too sensitive. And it used to be looked at as a bad thing. Whereas now it's, I teach it as a skill. And the more Mm. sensitive you are, it actually means, you know, the more intuitive you naturally are, the more empathic you naturally are. But how, but then I show them how to turn it into a skill and a tool instead of a detriment where they're just like feeling everybody's negative energy or it's too much, too much energy they're feeling or they just care too much and so they shut down as a response to feeling like they care too much. So all of those behavioral mechanisms as if to protect and defend are able to eventually wash away as they step into increasingly more of the understanding of how that sensory equipment is a tool
0: that's so important. It's funny because I do find the people that are the most, um, the ones that basically say I don't care, <laughs> they're the most empathetic ones. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. It's it's interesting. I mean, how do you tell? Here's a question for you: How do you tell with intuition what is the difference between, uh, like, yes. your intuition, you know, guiding you, and and basically uh, something else, thought, fear and security yes. trauma, something else, right? How do you know?
1: So um, if you go to my homepage, I have a webinar, if anybody wants to go into this question more because it's one that so many people have and I'm grateful you asked that. I have a, a webinar, five keys to your intuitive development, something along those lines, but it's about your intuitive development. and I go into this in depth because so many people do it. And I've had so many students ask me, how do I tell the difference? One of the ways is, you know the texture of your thinking mind. And you can identify that texture. Like if you were to label it some kind of um, object or animal, there's another texture or tonal quality to intuitive awarenesses. And they tend to come in more like a parachute. They drop in, whereas the mind when it's figuring something out in air quotes has this mechanistic kind of like a inner German or Swiss clock in the olden days, the the brass wheel that would turn and have notches on it and it would have to fit into another notch. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mm-hmm. Like sequential like almost kind of going from one thing to the next rather than being like inspired that. in your mind.
1: Well, the mechanistic element of this leads to the next, like you said, when it is in a stream of that kind of mm-hmm. that you don't perceive necessarily, but it's like, like that, that's more the intellectual mind figuring something out. Whereas the intuitive awareness, it, it has this sense of just depositing in as if it came in, like I said, from a parachute or like a fat and it's soft. It's mm. never forceful and it's quiet and it does have that sense of uplift like you talked about the inspiration and it also doesn't just come in the third eye. I remember social media is so funny and I don't think it's all bad. I think it's great in many, many ways. And it's funny communicating some of these concepts though on social media because everybody is looking for the band aid or the great meme, (laughs) but these, you know, and it's hard to like encapsulate this all and make people understand like you can't just listen to a Shaka Clan for five minutes on YouTube and expect that you're all set for the rest of your life. (laughs) It's
0: so (laughs) funny. I mean, I I could totally see that though, because there are a lot of like those sound healing. And I even, I mean, I just, out of curiosity, I went into like the wormhole of all that stuff a long time ago. And there's people arguing even about the type of frequency that's being used, I guess, on on what
1: chakra. And yeah. Oh my gosh. There's a whole world. (laughs) Yeah. Sound healings come more online, so to speak, because our, yeah. Physical backdrop is less Newtonian physics. It's more quantum physics now. So it's much more wave oriented and much less solid, predictable, and real. So, yeah. sound frequency, so there's more the ether element out and about. And so, sound frequency works. I find the only, like, even binaural beats, I did a, a blog post on this year, a couple of years back. Uh, even the binaural beats on YouTube, if you could listen to that for more than 10 minutes, it sends you into anxiousness.
0: Really? So,
1: people like, yeah. So, I find like the most, Effective ones are either the Rife frequencies, which come from proven, it was, I believe, Austrian or German who created the Rife machine. And back in the early 1900s, like I think around the 1920s, the United States Congress got rid of it because it cured things like parasites uh, with frequency. Um, there's other machines out there now with frequency that go out, like lupus or um, um, Lyme disease and even um, parasites those are all really good to be zapped with frequencies so the Rife frequencies are really effective particularly for physical stuff and then the salvagio frequencies are based on the old Gregorian chants from ancient days which is um encapsulating certain healing frequencies so those are the only two that i, I would use i mean the, the crystal bowls are beautiful the crystal oh, bowls that are said crystal to
0: bowls. be those are so yeah
1: cool. yeah they are aren't they I would love to
0: learn to to like play them. I mean, is it difficult to learn to play them?
1: No. No, just to hit it and then ring it around the rim.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I have a a friend who does them and uh man, you just like I could just fall asleep, you know, just lay down Mm -hmm. and check out it's so so healing, I find.
1: You can travel, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Get taken your into a, astral projecting. Get <laughs> No, don't do that. Stay in no. your body. <laughs> you get into trouble that way. What,
0: I'll tell you, you know, I watched too much Star Trek as a kid and it's like, I it is too. my dream. It is my dream. I swear to God. I hope I li- all the biohacking I'm doing is just so I can live long enough to go travel through space sometime. I mean, that would be just such a trip to go through freaking space in a reasonable way, not to be, you know, the way it is now, but God, that would be such a trip to go to different planets and just, see different things like oh my god that would just be insane
1: <laughs> you should check out my reasonable dragons book and even my last book I The I Dragon it it pretty cool
0: it's like this is interesting yeah
1: thank you yeah it's talking about why we're opening up even i know you said you watched star trek as a kid and i did too but nowadays how the space travel has restarted and how the focus like even mainstream media is reporting eclipses Again, like they did back in the 1300s and 1500s, and they made the stone circles align with equinoxes and solstices. And so the whole celestial attunement is happening again. And I mm-hmm. talked about that even more in the Dragon Master Creatrix. But there's, I mean, really, if you wanted to, especially because you focus on the body, I could whip off a couple of longevity um, quote unquote formulas, if you want, that the ancient Chinese know of and that the uh, Ayurvedic of the yogic uh, culture know of? Want to hear a couple?
0: Yeah, let's hear them.
1: All right. So there's one that is really taken all over India. I got turned on to it when I was there for my yoga teacher training, and it's called Shivana Pravash. And it's a combination of 500 sacred herbs and chanted over it is the, you have to go to the right company to get the chanted aspects to it where it's they're chanted over the herbs as they're making it for longevity. Now, when I lived in Taiwan and I'd be coming back from the gym after weight training and cardio work, I'd stop at this Buddhist vegetarian buffet because I'm a vegetarian. And man, Tudor, the food was so much tastier. And this is vegetarian food. Now, they have a much wider assortment over there. This is in India, than, you said? No, this is now in Taiwan where I lived oh, in my day-to-day Taiwan, life. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And so I was at this Buddhist vegetarian buffet and I came to understand that they chanted over the food because it was just so much more alive. I could wow, feel it. It was so much tastier. Yeah. So, this, so if you go to MAPI.com, mappy.com, it stands for Maharishi Ayurveda. And Oprah actually went there to meditate with them in their thousand person stadium. I think it's in Utah or Iowa. I don't remember. Utah. So they have something called the Amrit Nectar. That's where you can get this Chirvana Pravash longevity formula I'm talking about. Another one, for those of you losing your hair, check this out. In uh, ancient China, there was an emperor. I don't remember which one. And so he's in his 70s, and he wants to sleep with girls in their 20s. So he sends out <laughs> one of his attendants to go out to the mountains to find an herb to help him stop losing his hair. And they found something called shu Wu. H-E- oh,
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: So I love, I work with Jing Herbs. I worked with David Wolf my first summer back from the from asia and i met um the guys who started jing herbs j-i-n-g jingherbs.com so between these two companies i've just given you a chinese company of high integrity that i know they source their dairy antler Dare antler by the way is really good for um athletic it's so fun to talk to somebody who's into like peak performance and, and bodily um and athletic competitive what, what did you call it athletic professional athletes uh well um, i used
0: to compete in uh ballroom dancing as a professional athlete i don't do so much that anymore but i still do a lot of biohacking and
1: um, biohacking i think that was biohacking. The term that you were talking
0: yeah, about there you go That's yeah it so
1: <laughs> still do a so, lot of that <laughs> i consider it like peak performance or op- like i yeah. i'm all about the human potential whether it's in mind body or con- consciousness consciousness body or spirit rather so the Chinese, if you go to JingHerbs.com, like deer antler is a great one for athletes to use for improved endurance. Yeah, um, i used
0: that with a, uh, I used to do that actually. Deer antler was a big one for the tri- traditional Chinese medicine doctor. They'd make yeah. little teas and stuff out of it, And that was like a, a really good, I definitely yeah.
1: pretty yeah. strong with that. Yeah, and the jing is your life force. So qi is universal life force energy. It's your daily supply. Jing is your lifetime essence. That mm. you get when you're born. Your piggy so bank, it's called basically. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. And so Jing Herbs, that's like they're focused on that longevity mm, and, and, and improving your essence. Yeah. So then there's MAPI, MAPI, that's the Ayurvedic from India leg. And both cultures have a lot of good stuff for longevity.
0: Nice. Now it's, it's, it's such mm. an exciting time to live. I mean, I can't even imagine what we're going to be 20, 30 years from now. I mean, it's just to me, it's just if you can really support your body as much as possible, then your body will support your body only knows life. There's no program for death as far as I'm concerned. And so your body only knows life and it does its best every day to be, uh, in that program as possible. We have to support it and then it can support us to do what we want, which is the higher, you know, higher level purpose stuff. I think that's why it's important to have both, you know, sometimes we get caught up in one or the other, whether it's too much physical or too much, you know, in sort of the ethereal like you said or purpose-driven world which is important but together they, they they work and feed into one another which is very important yin yang
1: that's yin, one and of yang, the major rebalances <laughs> yeah it's one yeah. of the major rebalances i talk about spiritual with the material yeah yeah
0: awesome well one more question for you what are you most grateful for awesome. today <laughs>
1: This beautiful orchid plant that is, I used to go to the orchid market. Well, I wish I could see
0: market. it. Not fair. You can't say that. Now I can't see it.
1: <laughs> I can send you, I can email you a picture of it. Deal. Um, we'll
0: put it on the blog post for the, for the episode. The okay.
1: Orchid. So my brother, my older brother, who's a teacher in the public school system, he's a history teacher. He's really uh, well-respected. He's been national history teacher of the year a couple of times. He got COVID. And oh, the wow. first one in my family, yeah, just last week. And so I've been working with him on in daily, um, daily sessions. And it's funny what you just said because I found that there was not life programming in the COVID virus, and that had to be removed. And re and and again, with the life force I was channeling into him, his system had to be reminded of the life force programming. Mm. So yeah. And so he sent me this. Like today at noon, I had these people here, maintenance fixing something, and then I had three different bouquets brought in and a bag of chocolates. And one of the bouquets is this incredible orchid plant. And I used to go to the flower market every Saturday in Taiwan where they cultivate orchids. I used to wow. own so many orchids, and I still have never seen something so beautiful. Wow! Just blossoming. Yeah, it's making. I want to see sink. this orchid
0: now. No, I'm super curious.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's both white and pink.
0: Nice. Boy, I love you orchids. Know orchids are
1: funny. The way they come out and blossom. They're yeah. fun to watch, you know? They're,
0: they're interesting plants for sure. Don't they? They don't need too much maintenance either, right?
1: They don't. And you know what a dumbass I, I am? It's kind of funny <laughs> because you think I would have known more about orchids if I went to the flower market every Saturday and I would chat with the locals about taking care of orchids. And so I had my whole entire uh, back porch in Taiwan uh, full of orchids. And I, for some reason, didn't realize that they were regenerative, that they were um, perennials and not annuals. So I would throw them out. Living now here in Florida, I've had orchid plants stay around and then they reblossom. And I was like, oh my God, they're perennials. Look at that.
0: <laughs> all those poor orchids you threw out.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, we got to love life. Life force abounds. Life is all around us.
0: Right. well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Dr. Allison. You know, I hope this episode inspired you to take on your own spiritual journey. There's so many resources today to advance yourself in this domain. You know, I, we were talking in the episode that even just a 100, maybe two, 300 years ago, whatever, you know, uh, in some parts of the world, not all of them, but in some parts of the world, probably could have been burned alive if we were talking about this kind of stuff. So it's very interesting how far we've come that the average person, you know, you can listen to a podcast like this, you can go do some research, you can buy, you know, programs and, and crystals and all kinds of different things that really uh, help your spirit evolve. You know, it's, it's a great luxury to have. I mean, we are many times in history where this was not even in the awareness of the average person. So very grateful to have her on the show. Don't forget on the blog post, I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but uh, Dr. Allison's offering a free group call Uh, So we're going to post that on the show notes to go to danceoflife.com podcast for the updated show notes for this episode is episode 237. And as always, let's not forget our inspiring quote from the very beginning, which I absolutely love. There are two kinds of failures, those who thought and never did, and those who did and never thought. Lawrence J. Peter. You know, I always say that you always have courage and awareness. All you can do is in life the best you can do is act on what you believe so you know you act on it and you see what happens and you may learn that you shouldn't have acted or you should have done something differently but you aren't going to learn if you don't act right and the other part of that equation its courage is the first part is being able to really act on what you believe because when we don't act that's when things get delayed that's when we betray ourselves that's when we aren't authentic And, you know, we keep things inside. But the second part of that, which is very important, is the reflection part. In another interview I had, if you tuned into it, I believe it was uh, two weeks ago, episode 235 with Erin Urban, she said something really cool. And she said basically that we don't learn from experience. We learn from reflecting on experience, which is so profound. It's such an important point is that you don't learn from experience. (laughs) You learn from reflecting on what you did and seeing, you know, looking at it from the outside. And so that ability to reflect, to be aware, to ask questions, to spend some quiet time maybe with yourself, that is such an important part in the other half of this whole equation to be successful. You know, if you have courage to act on what you believe and take the time and invest the time to reflect on what you do regularly, if you do those two things regularly, uh, you know, there's no way that you can't be successful in life, period eventually now everybody's got different timelines but there is no way that you cannot be successful if you take the courage to act on what you believe and you make a habit out of reflecting on what you believe and you know what you did and so on on a regular basis those two things that's it that's formula for success so hope you enjoyed make sure you share it with your friends guys i really appreciate all the love and it's been such a fun journey growing with you together and serving you and bringing you all these wonderful people from life wonderful people Isn't it it amazing that we can use the internet and podcasts and all these things to really connect with such amazing people? So thank you so much for listening. As always, hope you have a great rest of your weekend. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. And we'll see you on Tuesday for a little Transformation Tuesday. Until then, remember, your life is a dance. So go out there and dance it well. For more inspiration, free resources, and bonus content, stay connected at danceoflife.com.